Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm super excited today to have Mandy Fellman joining me. She is a foster mom. And so thank you, Mandy. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So kind of give us a little bit of background of who you are and tell us about your family. So I live in Northern California and um, have almost all my life. I married... My husband and I got married in uh, 2016. And actually, when we first met, like the first date, we talked about because his dad is adopted and was adopted out of foster care. And so I was like, wow, that's so cool. I've never known anybody who's been adopted out of foster care or, you know, anything like that. That's so cool. And I've always wanted to adopt. I don't know why, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I just kind of thought that that would be part of my story. And he had said that he always thought that'd be part of his story. So, you know, fast forward like a year, we, I mean, you know, first day we meet, that's what we had talked about. And so then once we got married, we were like, okay, we want to have a baby. And we started trying to have a baby and it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. And I worked in dental at the time and I, uh, in oral surgery, and I had a patient come in who was a little boy who was maybe like 10 and he had all these teeth that were rotting out and they needed to get pulled. Mm. And he had just recently entered the foster care system. And I really had no concept of what the foster care system was. I didn't have any background with it. And just watching him and the social worker and the bio mom and just kind of everyone's dynamic. And it was so heart-wrenching to me to, to see this little boy who you could tell had already been through so much in his life. And he had said, you know, we had a couple moments where it was just him and I, and, you know, he, he just was crying. Like, I don't, this is hard. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like that, this is just too much. And just seeing that whole dynamic, it really shook me. And that day, I don't even think my husband and I were married yet, but that day I got in my car, I Googled foster agencies in town and I drove to a foster agency and I walked in the front door and this girl that I happened to go to school with was at the front desk. And she was like, Mandy, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. I just had this experience. And I feel like I have to do something. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, but I, something has, this was horrible. I don't know what to do. And she was like, okay, you know, kind of like, it's going to be okay. You're fine. And she gave me like a little pamphlet and I went home and I told, I think we might've just been engaged at this point. I can't even remember, but I was like, this happened and we have to do something. And you know, my, he was kind of like, okay, you know, we will, yes, it's horrible. And so it always was kind of in the back of my mind. And so then when we were trying to get pregnant, we were like, well, we said we always wanted to adopt. So maybe we'll start the paperwork and kind of see what happens first. And we kind of put this like year timeline on it. Like, all right, it's, we're just going to go at our own pace, do all of our stuff and then figure it out. And then we actually got the call about David, our son 
like almost a year to the day that we had decided we'd wait a year and whatever happened first and David happened first. And so then we got him. And so I just feel like it was so meant to be that he came into our life and that that was the route we were supposed to go. And so, yeah, my husband um, works for an e-commerce company. I own an indoor cycling studio now, and David is three, almost three and a half. Uh, we got him when he was four weeks old when we met him. And then he was five weeks when he came to live with us. But Oh my yeah. goodness. So you literally, I just love that. I cannot even believe that, that you, that day that you like experienced yes. that you're like two days, the day, like I'm not waiting. I'm going Yeah. right now. I've got to figure out what to do. Yeah. It was overwhelming. I remember standing in the break room and just kind of, you know, I was kind of by myself and, and just, I started crying just like, how were these children? Ha- what is happening? You know, I, I think I just felt like, how is this happening? And everyone's acting like, yeah, it's sad, but eh, you know, yes. it's, you know, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, that doesn't seem good enough. Mm-hmm. I guess it just didn't seem like they deserve better, I guess, was my thought. Like, why aren't people really advocating or fighting or who is, who's throwing a fit about this? Because yes. apparently not the right people. No, <laughs> nothing's getting done. Exactly. That is so true. Yeah. And I think that it's so easy to tune it out. I think it's so easy yeah. for people to, and I mean, I can admit this for my first, you know, however many years of life before yeah. we yeah. started thinking about foster care that I just didn't even know. But once yeah. I, once I feel like once, you know, you can't unknow. Yes, exactly. Yes. I say that all the time. I'm like, I, I feel like this, this world, my eyes have been open to it and I can't turn my back on it. You almost feel like a traitor or something. Like right. you can't know this horrible, these horrible things are happening and do nothing about it. Exactly. You know? Yep. Exactly. So, I yeah. love that. Okay. So tell me like what it was like when you first got the call that you're getting a placement little baby boy. So we were told, so we, you know, you go through all the training and all the classes. And at first, when we first went into, it, we were like, oh, we would take like a seven year old or an eight year old. And I mean, we've never been parents before. We were like 26, 27, you know, we had no idea what we're doing. And everyone around us was kind of like, really, maybe, maybe not, you know, that old, like your first kid, maybe start slow. And, but we were kind of like, well, whatever. And so our like requirement, you know, you can say, you can say like, you know, I want a seven-year-old girl or something like that. And so we had said, we don't care if it's a boy or a girl. We don't really care that much about special needs, you know, not super, super severe, but we were open to things and just kind of as healthy, you know, and that's all we really cared about. And so then as we went through more training, as we went through more stuff, we were like, okay, let's be honest with ourselves about what we actually can take in and we are capable of and what tools we actually have to do to deal with this. And so it got smaller and smaller, you know, our window of what we wanted. So eventually we said we wanted as young as possible and as healthy as possible. And everyone kind of laughed at us, you know, like the social workers were like, okay, well, healthy little babies don't show up. And so our social worker, we finished our home study and they told us like, you're probably going to be waiting for like six months to a year to get that call. And we were like, okay. Well, the day our home study was done. So she said she was finishing like the last sentence to just like finish our home study. She got the call, which she's like, I normally don't take the calls. The front office girl was out. 
the lady who made the call said, I normally don't make the calls. My, you know, other person makes the calls and had this little boy. And I remember I was at work and she called me and well, she texted me first. She, I had like five missed calls and all this stuff. And I looked at my phone and she said, are you ready to be a mom this week? If so, give me a call. I've got a one month old little boy for you. And I remember just sitting there being like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, like, are you kidding me? And so I, um, makes me like want to cry even thinking about it because it was so surreal. Mm-hmm. And she called me, you know, I called her back and I was like, Oh my gosh, yes, we'll take him. You know? And she's like, okay, well, there's all these things. And she starts naming, going down the list of all the exposure. I mean, hmm. any drug you can think of, gosh. you name it, that he had it in his system. And, and I remember her telling me all this stuff. And I almost had this just like stupid grin, like what color are his eyes? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even care. Like, when can I see him? Like I, it was like, none of that mattered. I totally went into it with just like rose colored glasses. You know, I called John and was like, oh my gosh, it's a boy. She called us, you know, he's, you know, all this stuff and he's only four weeks old and we can go meet him. And, you know, it was a Tuesday. We got to meet him on Thursday. And I just remember, you know, driving up to the house. He was at like an, like an RFO home or a recovery home and driving up. And all of a sudden it was like, I got so nervous, like, hmm oh my gosh, we're going to meet him. You know, like what, you know, all this stuff. And then we met him and it was like, he was just ours. And he's been a miracle ever since. I mean, he had a lot of health issues in the beginning and, um, we did so much skin to skin with him. I mean, he's, we co-slept with him. He slept in our bed. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I would get home from work and take my shirt off, strap him onto me. And he was on my chest or John's chest for hours and Mm -hmm. hours. And he was with us. I mean, nonstop. I eventually ended up quitting my job because he was so sick and just Mm -hmm. all the doctor's appointments. And we live in kind of a rural area. So the biggest hospitals are like a couple hours away. And he had to do a lot of that stuff. He was deaf. It was like hard of hearing because of all the antibiotics that he was given for all the sickness he had, um, when he was born, it like made him. So he was dead. So he had to have like an ear surgery. So we did a lot of like sign with him. And I mean, his diet was so clean and so healthy. We figured out he had like a dairy intolerance, which wick and all that wouldn't cover like the special formula. So that formula, you know, it's like 40 to $50 a can. And he, he's a chunk. He was going through (laughs) like, you know, a can every couple of days. So it was a, it was a lot of work that I think, you know, going into it, you just kind of have these like rose colored glasses, like, Oh, it's a baby, you know? And then on top of that has all these things, but I would do it over again in a heartbeat. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. once you see that child, it just, I don't know, something changes in you. (laughs) So true. And I think people don't understand that who haven't been through the experience of fostering. Like we, our social worker was surprised that we got our son and she was like, he's probably going to be here for a couple of weeks. And then he'll be moved to a pre-adoptive home. And we were like, yeah. what? Like we said, we would have, yeah. we would adopt. And I yeah. looked at his face and it was, I've met, like, it was love at first sight. And it was just yeah. like, I'm done. If this yes. doesn't work out, reunification doesn't work out. Like you stay yeah. here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're like, like, he's this, going nowhere. <laughs> it's just like, we like this surreal thing. Like you said, that yes. no one can understand until you, until you are in it. But yeah. Yeah. 
Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So how's he doing now? How's David now? He's great. He's, I mean, he's crazy. He's the, he's all boy. Like he's, uh-huh. and he's a tank. He's big. He's always, so when we first got him, he was deemed failure to thrive mm-hmm. and super little, hadn't gained any weight since birth. You know, he was super sick, all these things. And then it was like, after he'd been with us for a couple months, he was in like the 98th, 99th percentile for everything. And it's hasn't really stopped. It's just continued. So he's doing great. He's in uh, like a in-home preschool mm-hmm. thing that he goes to a couple days a week. And he goes to my parent, my parents are in town. So he goes to my parents house a couple days a week. And yeah, he's a great kid. He loves trucks, cars, tractors, dirt, <laughs> anything <laughs> like that. He loves t-ball, baseball, basketball, football. He's, he's so cool. And he's so funny. And he's like the light of our lives. He's such a cool kid. That's He's amazing. the best. How yeah. did your family do once he was with you? Like, I know people were like, maybe you guys should think about this. Or I mean, people like to say their piece a yeah. little bit, but when he arrived, how did your whole family kind of take it? So before they were really discouraging, to be honest, mm-hmm. before we got into it. And I remember my mom just, why are you going to do this? This is, you know, everyone has these horror stories and just, they were really not into it. And, uh, John and I were just kind of like, then you're the one who's going to miss out because this is what we're doing and you can either support us or you cannot, and that's your choice, but you're the one who's going to miss out. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it was like the same thing with him. I mean, my dad is not like a baby person <laughs> when he saw David, cause he has myself and my sister. And my dad is like all boy. And so (laughs) having a grandson and it was like his for, oh my gosh, he's, well, we actually, we changed David's name. David wasn't his given name. And um, we changed him, which David is my dad's name. And we named him after my dad. He's, I mean, he is the first grandson, the first nephew, the first everything (laughs) on both of our side, both my husband and I side. So he is you know, the king of everything. I mean, everyone just thinks, and he's such a character. He's, his speech now is amazing. He Mm. can sit and carry on a full conversation with you. So he, he just lights up everyone's life. Everyone thinks, and he was such a happy baby too. And Mm -hmm. like, even though he was so sick, he was always smiley and sweet. And so, I mean, he's such a trooper and all the things he went through and still didn't break his smile and, you know, attitude. So my family's all on board. I mean, David, my, he has a room at my parents' house, you know, has toys everywhere. I mean, they're obsessed. My mom writes him letters. They're vacationing right now. And she writes him, they're like pen pals. They're, I mean, he is, he is everything to everyone. Yeah. I love that so much. That's like one of my favorite parts of foster care is when the extended family is just like, yep, you're ours. Like it's never, you know, people just, like you say, like, once you realize like, this is, this is our family. Everyone kind of just gets on board no matter what they were thinking or saying before. Cause it's so hard to imagine 
what it will be yeah. like. You have no idea. Yeah. You didn't know you were going to yeah. get that call. You thought you'd nope. be waiting much longer. Nope. And yeah. It's just so crazy. So ugh, totally. I love that. Good. Okay. So what would you say, like for someone who's thinking about fostering or isn't sure, or maybe who saw something like distressing in terms of foster care, like you saw, what would you say as an encouragement to them? So I would say even getting involved, ask all the questions Mm -hmm. because I mean, David, David was our first kid we had placed with us, but there's been a lot of other ones, a lot, most of them good and positive. We did have one situation and it, and it's never like the kids it's Mm. the, it's the system. I mean, I think going into it, I didn't realize how much the system almost is kind of stacked against them. They don't Mm -hmm. have a say really in anything. And there's all these adults making all these decisions. And sometimes I would question, is this really what's best for the kids? Is this really, are we even thinking about the child right now? Mm-hmm. Um, which is really frustrating. So I think having a great support system, I mean, I can't even tell you having my girlfriends and my family was everything. People that knew my heart, knew how I felt, knew my husband and could support us and, and love David and be there, you know, helping because it takes a village. I mm. mean, you just having that support and, and asking all the questions. Don't be afraid to ask so many questions because we had kids come to us that had nothing. We didn't know anything. Mm. And even the social workers are like, I don't know. You're like, what, what do you mean? You don't know. You don't know where this kid came from. You don't know anything. We don't know anything that's happening right now. I mean, it's kind of mind boggling. Mm -hmm. Um, and just these kids, it's like, how is this okay? You know? And I mean, a lot of stuff with David's case too, it dragged on for like 18 months Mm -hmm. and wasn't even with mom. It was a potential bio dad who never had to prove paternity, but yet could drag us through court for a year and um, never did anything they're supposed to do. Never could pass drug tests in and out of jail, but yet, you know, we're going to prolong permanency and we're going to, you know, just continue to give chance after chance, after chance, after chance to these people that it's like, what every six months they decide, maybe they want to try or maybe, and and I don't know, there's also a part of me that I think, okay, even if they do decide to try, is six months of sobriety enough? I know, that's so do hard. They have, do they have the support system? Because being a parent is hard, mm-hmm. especially being a parent of a child who has illnesses and has doctor's appointments like nobody's business and medications. And, you know, I mean, David did not sleep for more than two hours in a row for seven months. Oh my word. So, and we had to go to work. We had to do things. But somebody who doesn't have a support system, doesn't have that stability, doesn't have the tools to deal Mm -hmm. with that, you know, I mean, I think that was really frustrating. But I think if it's in your heart, it could turn out to be the best thing that's ever happened to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you just, I feel like you just kind of have to be brave and take the leap and do it. (laughs) And the kids are amazing. I mean, every single kid that has come through our doors or that we've met has been amazing. I mean, really amazing kids. Ugh, that's so. so encouraging. Yes. Thank you so much for just yeah. sharing and taking the time to be here. I just appreciate it yeah. so much. Where can people follow along with you if they want to follow along with your fostering journey? You can find me on Instagram, Miss Mandy Lou, MRS 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, perfect. Yeah. I'm well, there. Thank you so much. And yeah, of appreciate course. you being here. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye.